everybody. So we are so thrilled today. We are here to talk about one of the great trilogies that's about to become one of the great quadrologies, I guess. Is that a word? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the Toy Story movies with the release of Toy Story 4 coming. We thought it would be so much fun to do kind of a bonus Disney podcast and talk about the whole series and i'm rachel stanford here hi yes thank you so much oh thanks so much for having me rachel it's great great to be on the podcast again i'm so excited to talk to you about yeah. these movies so yeah toy story series I, I it's always had a well pixar itself has always had a very special place in my heart uh partly because uh my uncle worked for pixar in the in the early 90s late 80s right when it was just started he was just in the marketing i think in the in the administrative kind of department i'm not sure exactly what he did but it wasn't he wasn't an animator he was back in the days when they were part of lucasfilm not that far back okay but just in the pre-toy story he was and so he actually uh gave us a vhs of all of the shorts and oh, so nice. when so we watched many times adventures of wally b uh we watched uh tin toy, tin toy lexo we, jr. yeah lexo jr we watched uh the knickknack uh, knickknack yeah yeah the bobby I was gonna say the bobby darren one <laughs> yeah and uh, I don't know. It just so we were, oh, cool. we were actually really excited for this movie because we had seen all those shorts many, many times. I love Red's Dream. That's always been one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you know, it came along in 1995, and uh, it was right around then that I was starting to kind of re- lose a little bit of interest in animation. And I was in I was just starting high school. So, you know, that's sort of that era, I feel like, where you're like, uh-huh. oh, I'm too cool for this kid stuff. Yeah. And, <laughs> but I, I remember, I think I went to see it because Siskel and Ebert said it was so good. They talked about how it, it's, it was not only groundbreaking, but one of the best movies of the year. And so I, you know, I went and saw it and just, I just fell in love with it. And I, I think I've always responded to stories about kind of i don't know dealing with dealing with envy dealing with sort of those those human emotions that you can that are so easy to kind of relate to even though it was dealing with these toys mm-hmm. and uh, and i still when i watch it i still totally get woody and how he's feeling and mm-hmm. that's what i think is so brilliant about it yeah yeah i agree you know i i i distinctly remember seeing this movie in the theater for the first time too and was just completely blown away and i know that gets that phrase gets overused but it's the truth i mean i i was bowled over you know i uh not only by the technical aspects but just like you were saying it is just such a good movie you know the the Mm -hmm. uh the script is so good and the vocal performances are so good uh you know in addition to just to the to the groundbreaking animation and wow you know just just it's just a favorite so. yeah and i mean that it's just it's just good in so many levels not just it's great on the story i actually think that the script is just about perfect 
I do too. It, it just clips along so well. The emotions are so well defined. It builds its character step by step by step by step by step till you totally understand where they're both coming from. And, you know, and that frustration. I, I love the villain. I, and I, it was just so brilliant for them to come out with their first computer graphic movie with characters that are plastic. That was brilliant. Yeah, it was so smart. Because... Uh, you know they were near ready for something like the incredibles or something like that so to come out with plastic characters when they're supposed to when the animation was looking plastic it was so smart and 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 they're just i love the music i think uh, i do too the randy newman music yeah it's so good yeah perfect you've got a friend in me and uh and uh i love uh I don't know I just I I love all I love all the songs and it's just it's just great it's so good and so anyway we'll t- we'll talk about it so I'm going to be quoting more uh, from this creativity incorporated today yes <laughs> which is great it's just you know and again read this book if you yeah. have, you know if you're a Pixar fan read this it's such a good it's such a good yeah. book and I and Ed Cavill I just think he's so candid and provides so many interesting insights you know into how how Pixar started and 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 how they run it it's fascinating mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. i love i i love all the stuff that they put about the creation of toy story and toy story 2 in the book yeah yeah i love it too and uh, and so what basically happened here is that uh pixar they uh, had uh, a piece of machinery that uh, was helped with computer computer graphics. I don't really understand it completely what it was, but originally that's what they were selling was this printer thing. <laughs> I, I can't, I don't know what it was, but anyway, as opposed to making films, that wasn't, so the point of making their, sh- their shorts at SIGGRAPH, uh, which was this conference, I don't know if it still exists, but it was a conference. I believe, where, I believe SIGGRAPH still exists, yeah. yeah. That uh, so they would make the shorts in order to demonstrate the technology, not to sell as independent shorts. And then Steve Jobs came along, and they had made the Adventures of uh, Wally and uh, Andre and Wally B. Their first, it's only like thirty seconds. It's really short, uh, and uh, they it had been groundbreaking though for the technology at the time, and. Yeah. And uh, that I think is the only one that they actually did under the Lucasfilm uh, banner under their name. And uh, they, Steve Jobs came along and he originally offered to purchase them, but they were resistant to it. Um, and then I think on the second time uh, they, he agreed. And this is when basically Steve Jobs had lost his company. And, yeah. uh, and so he was kind of on the outs and, uh, and so I don't know. I just think it's really, really impressive that uh, that what the vision that Steve Jobs had, because uh, he found them, you know, very early on, and basically financed Pixar with this goal of a feature film for like eight years, something like that, with yeah. no profit at all. And and so that really annoys me in movies like Steve Job, where he's just portrayed as this like heartless villain that nobody liked, that nobody cared about. And I'm sure he was difficult in many ways, but 
I don't know, it just makes me mad because like he we wouldn't have all these great Pixar films if yeah. it wasn't for Steve Jobs. Yeah, exactly. I really like how Ed Catmull talks about Steve Jobs and Creativity Inc. because you know, I mean he mentions that he's a you know, that he was a demanding boss. I mean, he was very mm-hmm. clear about that. And I think that's a fact that we all know, but but then he he was really lauding him for yeah. you know, encouraging them on. And you know, and keep you know, keeping it funded, and and believing in them, you know, yeah. and and uh, I, I'm with you. I, I'm with you. I think I think probably in some ways, Steve Steve Jobs does get <laughs> a bad yeah. a bad rap for for some of it, but he exactly. We all should be thanking him for for um, making Pixar what it is. You know what it is today. Yeah, I like what Ed says. He, he says. That it says John once described Steve's story as the classic hero's journey. Banished for his hubris from the company he founded, he wandered through the wilderness having a series of adventures that in the end changed him for the better. I have much to say about Steve's transformation and the role Pixar played in it, but for now I will simply assert that failure made him better, wiser, and kinder. We'd all been affected and humbled by the failures and challenges of our first nine years but we'd also gained something important along the way. Backing each other through difficulties increased our trust and deepened our bond. Mm-hmm. And so then he's the one that encouraged them before the release of Toy Story to, uh, to become a publicly traded company. And uh, that was a big risk that they did. Yeah. But then once the movie opened and it was a huge hit monster hit yeah and it was a brilliant uh brilliant move and basically this movie is pre-brain trust as far as pixar goes and it was just uh the they basically the combined talents of pete doctor andrew stanton john laster lee uncrick and joe ranf that were together were sort of yeah. the main uh and that's a pretty impressive group it's of impressive there. and then if i'm not mistaken rachel didn't they bring in joss whedon to help with the script too that is true yes with yeah. the script mm-hmm. and uh, and you know it's really interesting it's it, they talk a little bit in here that uh that steve predicted that as soon as toy story came out eisner would try to renegotiate our deal uh-huh. as close as a partner in this scenario steve said he wanted to be able to negotiate better terms Specifically, he wanted a 50-50 split with Disney on returns, a demand he pointed out that also happened to be the moral high ground. In order to fulfill these terms, however, we would have to be able to put up the cash for our half of the production budgets, a significant amount of money. And to do that, we would have to go public. So there, there they, they, went, they went public. They, they called it their dog and pony show. <laughs> yeah, wow. So, uh, but yeah, you're right, uh, Joss Whedon was uh uh he did a pass of the script i think um which you can probably see some of his moments but right it took them five years to make uh to make toy story and now we just think oh pixar you know of course they they can handle it they're a huge company but uh they that was not the case then that's for sure and they were fledgling yeah it was this was all new stuff and they were really small i don't know how many artists ultimately they had you know working on it at, at any given point but um 
it's, it's amazing, you know. Yeah. What they did. Mm-hmm. And so the story, of course, we know is uh, is about our uh, it's about our intrepid uh, cowboy <laughs> doll, uh, Woody, and uh, he is the toy of Andy. And uh, he gets very jealous when Andy gets a new toy. And I love the whole setup of it because it's really, it's almost a workplace comedy in certain ways. <laughs> because, oh, yeah. you know, essentially Woody is the CEO yep. of the company, of the room. And the new upstart, you know, kid from college kind of comes in and is changing everything around. Yep. And one of, one of the things I think that's such, when they say that envy is one of the seven deadly sins, I think the reason why is because the other person has, it's unquenchable because the other person has no control or no involvement in it. It's completely you feeling envious of what the other person has. And you can see that with Woody, that he's just so jealous of all of uh, and i know those terms are kind of had to get thrown around together but he's so envious of everything that buzz has not just his relationship with andy but he's envious of all the bells and whistles all of the and all the things all the things that he had now all seem worse than what buzz has his pull string is you know all that stuff and he just gets it's just keeps bubbling and bubbling and bubbling up (laughs) <laughs> it's true and is the performance you know the tom hanks performance is so good in it but i i, I but it's, it's just so perfectly uh animated too you know just how, how that uh how that all you know how the jealousy or the you know the envy really starts to <laughs> consume woody mm. yeah yeah and 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 as is usually the case with envy buzz is completely oblivious yeah he has no idea until very late in the movie that he's causing this trauma this other person (laughs) right because he still thinks he's a spaceman you know like yeah 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 Yeah. and uh there's there's a lot of really funny moments I, and a lot of little, you know, kind of funny lines mixed in uh, with all of the more dramatic uh, moments. Like, just I love the, the soldiers, that whole oh, sequence. The army men yeah. are the, they're the best. <laughs> and, you know, I, they did such a winning job. I think just, you know, the creative team of the, just of the toys. All, yeah. all the toys are so, so great. Slinky Dog and rex you know rex the dinosaur and uh uncultured swine (laughs) don (laughs) rickles mr potato head i mean come on you know he is so great uh with don you know don rickles performance and then just how he's he's got the parts flying off him all the time it's so fun so fun yeah yeah and i even like little details like i love the design of pizza planet i love the fact that there's that like slime that people can drink i'm like i want to drink that yeah <laughs> that piece of plant seems so funny and yeah the whack, whack an alien you know with the yeah aliens. it's just um i'm with you and how how the door you just have the doors open you know the the the, the automatic doors yeah it's a place you want to go uh 
um, is, is, is so great. And we, I asked Stanford to to come up with their favorite scene of the movie. Yeah. yeah, so actually my favorite scene is one we've kind of touched on. It's it's Andy's birthday party at the beginning and the arrival uh, of Buzz Lightyear. Uh, yeah. I, I love just the, the, the setup is so great. You know, the army men are spying and they're communicating via the toy walkie-talkies. And, and uh, I just love all the interaction going on in Andy's bedroom. Uh, with with all with all the different toys, and then when Buzz when then when Buzz Lightyear arrives and Woody gets shoved off here you know, to the side the side of the bed, yeah, uh, or you know down to the floor, yeah, um, and so it's it, it's so dramatic, yeah, but it's it's it, it, that that just that whole sequence I, I absolutely yeah. love. I mean, it's really good. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of really funny lines in there, like, uh, <laughs> like uh, the uh, um, who invited that kid? <laughs> Bed sheets. <laughs> who invited that kid? <laughs> I know. Well, just it just me so much. Just how you know, I love how the army men are. I mean, they're being army men. You know, how they're like like in the plants or whatever the yeah. house plants, <laughs> doing their reconnaissance. Yeah uh of the uh of this thing and and it's just it's it's so supremely clever yeah a good soldier never leaves a man behind <laughs> yeah i yeah. i i do i really love that i love also when they think oh that person has a small box and then he turns around and it's like seven feet long it's super long that's really funny yeah so well fun. My favorite scene in this one yes. is when they get lost. Uh, I I think I quote this scene more than most other movies. Like I, this is a very quotable scene to me. Just shut up, shut up, you idiot! <laughs> Sheriff, this is no time to panic. This is the perfect time to panic. <laughs> I think I, I've said that many. This is the perfect time to panic. You know. <laughs> And, uh, uh, so and he goes on and on about you know star control and whatever and i just it's so great and atomics does a masterful job with this with the classic you it, are uh, a toy, a toy. <laughs> 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 you're not a you're not a space ranger <laughs> yeah this one of the best lines yeah, yeah. you are a toy <laughs> You aren't the real Buzz Lightyear. You're you're an action figure. <laughs> you are child's plaything. <laughs> you are a sad, strange little man. Yeah, that's you right. Have my kitty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, perfect. You are a sad, strange little man. <laughs> yeah. What do we think about Sid as a character? Because. You know, I'll go ahead, please. You know, he he's a really creative character in a way. Like he makes these toys up, and he, uh, and yet to the toys, he's a villain, obviously. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. I think Sid is a terrific villain. The mm -hmm. one of the things I like so much about these Toy Story films, well, and also so many Pixar films too, is that we all know a Sid. You know, like we, I think we all probably yeah. grew up with somebody like Sid. Maybe not necessarily our next door neighbor or something, but I think we all kind of know 
somebody somebody like yeah. that. So it's very very I thought very relatable in its own way, but uh, so perfect because he just creates such horror with the toys. I mean, they're so they're so they're so scared yeah. of him, you know. Even even as they're observing him from the window, you know, they're all they're all scared of of Sid. You know, observing from there from Andy's from mm-hmm. Andy's room. But um, I I really and this you know and the, and those little hide those crazy hybrid toys that Sid Sid makes are yeah creep they're they're, they're creepy. I mean, of course, it works out great in the end when they you know when with that very satisfying. <laughs> conclusion of how they how they liberate themselves from this, from from the tyranny of Sid and that you know that you, uh, but I I one thing and you know I love his skull t-shirt and and, and and everything and also I mean he's so mean to his sister which which <laughs> I, I don't I don't love that part because it's, he's so he's he's so mean but again it, you know it just just works it just makes us dislike him even more right Cause, yeah because of the, yeah of that what do you think of Sid I, on one hand, I think he's a really creative kid, and I do love that he interrogates Woody with Empire yes. Strikes Back. That's really funny. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, but I, I do, I love the scene when Buzz hears the ad and he realizes you are a toy, and you get the "I am, uh, I will go sailing" song. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a great. Isn't that a great scene? I'll go sailing no when, more. Yeah, when Buzz. When Buzz realizes it, how devastating it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he ends up in that in I forget the sister's name, but he ends up in her room having tea with Mrs. Nesbitt. (laughs) 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 And so that's a really great scene, and I just I just love it. I think it's a great movie. I mean, I honestly gave all three of these movies perfect scores like yeah, i they're think all, they're five all three just great yeah. Yeah. i i have one little thing about the third one that gives me pause but but i don't know i just i just love it i think it's just an incredible debut and i think it just it's just a really great little buddy movie it is it's one of the great buddy movies and what an amazing film to launch the studio uh you know as we have we as we've touched on I mean, the animation truly was groundbreaking in 1995 it's interesting as we as we you know we watched two and three and we'll talk about it too just to see the evolution of the tools yeah. that you know that the, the and then they use at Pixar. Well, of course, in the, in the industry in general, but yeah, but but Pixar here are, the, here are these same characters, but in these environments, uh, just and even even just how they've done the characters themselves. You know, it's, it's 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 pretty remarkable to see how far they've come. You instantly notice it, particularly when you see uh, Andy for the first time in in in, in Toy Story, and you know, he doesn't look that great <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. compared compared to what you know how they're able to do human skin and some other things. Well, that's why uh, it was so so smart of them to just stick with plastic characters. Let's just say yeah, stick with plastic characters for the most part. Yeah, the mm-hmm. humans the humans that are in us are, are in us a little. I think but, the dog is the is the part the most that doesn't hold up. 
even more than Andy, the um, Spud or whatever that dog. Oh yeah, he doesn't look very yeah. Yeah, he looks like he's right out of a kind of a bad video game. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I I just I think it's great. So all right, let's talk about Toy Story two. Yes. So Toy Story two, it was originally going to be a a direct to DVD. uh, I mean, direct to VHS. Yeah film it come, yeah. came out in 1999 so this is when i was 18 <laughs> and this was the year of one of my greatest disappointments at the cinema going to see phantom menace it was oh, very yeah. disappointing yeah. in 1999 so gratefully toy story 2 toy story 2 <laughs> hopefully elevated some of that calmed down that that disappointment yeah but, but yeah, and one inter- little interesting thing is that on Rotten Tomatoes, both Toy Story 1 and Toy Story 2 both have 100%. And Toy Story 3 has a has a very embarrassing 99%. Wow. <laughs> it, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> so they, they did pretty good for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so too. Yeah. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, the Pixar still only has one rotten movie i think the cars 2 is their only actual rotten movie they have rotten. people there that are like in the 60s that are kind of you know, close but still yeah like brave or something i don't know yeah, yeah. Know the good dinosaur right. yeah. yeah and so i mean they had it was such a beloved first film making a sequel is always risky uh and they ended up uh like completely replacing the 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 director and the like it was a, a big mess and they had to kind of when they were decided to release it theatrically they didn't have very much time and they were working yeah. didn't they have like not didn't they have like nine months or something to, yeah to, it was to crazy do the, to do the total film they re, they completely rewrote it revamped it and then yeah yeah and so there's crazy story in the book where it says it says uh for six the next six months our employees rarely saw their families we worked deep into the night seven days a week despite two hit movies we were conscious of the need to prove ourselves and everyone gave everything they had with several months still to go the staff was exhausted and starting to fray one morning in june an overtired artist drove to work with his infant child strapped into a back seat intending to deliver the baby to daycare on the way sometime later after he'd been at work for a few hours his wife happened to ask him how the drop-off had gone which is when he realized that he left their child in the car in the broiling pixar parking lot they rushed out to find the baby unconscious and poured cold water over him immediately thankfully the child was okay but the trauma of this moment the what could have been was imprinted deeply on my brain asking this much of our people even when they wanted to give it was not acceptable i had expected the road to be rough but i had to admit that we were coming apart by the time the film was complete a full third of the staff would have some kind of repetitive stress injury (laughs) so that's pretty intense oh absolutely yeah you know they just they practically killed themselves clearly (laughs) or their their family member yeah yeah for for the for the film and it's i think toy story 2 is such an incredible movie yeah I, it's one of those sequels that not only does 
does it deliver? It just kind of takes it to a whole, it takes it to a whole new level. Uh, the, again, you compare the animation of the, uh, of the two and there's some really remarkable stuff. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, maybe not as big a change as what we see between Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 3, but still it's, it's remarkable. And there's just, the storytelling, yeah, that's just where I was just thinking, like, again, my mind exploding, like, how are they creating <laughs> such great stories, yeah. you know, that are so, so original and so uh, authentic emotionally, you know? The, just, yeah. the only reason that it is my least favorite of the three, which I think is kind of unusual, most people, I think, like this better, but the only reason is because i prefer them to be together and they separate buzz and they yeah. separate woody for almost yeah. the whole movie the whole movie so and i that's I agree it. with you that's that's that is kind of a that is kind of a bummer um yeah but I, it's it's really strong and i really like it but that that's just the only way if i have because people are always like how do you rank them how do you rank them that's the only way you can rank them yeah because the first Toy Story is in my top 10 animated films of all time. I absolutely mm. love it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the, um, but yeah, they say here that the Toy Story 2 was the real start of the Brain Trust, which is this uh, renowned group uh, that happens at Pixar where they get together and they are pretty, from what I've heard, pretty harsh about their feedback to make the project better. And uh and also praise i'm sure too uh but uh they they kind of developed this whole concept and and he says out of camel says over those nine months in 1999 when we were rushing to reboot this broken film the brain trust would evolve into an enormously beneficial and efficient entity even in its earliest meetings i was struck by how constructive the feedback was each of the participants focused on the film at hand and not on some hidden personal agenda. They argued sometimes heatedly, but always about the project. They were not motivated by the kinds of things, uh, by the kinds of things like getting credit for an idea, pleasing their supervisors, winning a point just to say you did, that too often lurked beneath the surface of work-related interactions. The members saw each other as peers. The passion expressed in a brain trust meeting was never taken personally because everyone knew it was directed at solving problems and largely because of that trust and mutual respect, its problem-solving powers were immense. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, that was very cool. Uh, yeah, definitely. One of the many things that I really like about Toy Story 2 is uh, this lore that they that they introduce about Woody, you know that that he's this he's this uh, you know very famous toy from the guy like the fifties, and and again it makes sense because he just whether how they talk about it or how he was portrayed in in Toy Story, he's just this bolstering toy, right? And he's cowboy, and and uh, I think they created such a fun. Environment, you know, environment with that when when uh, they're in as uh, uh, it's Al, right? Al Al's toy barn, toy but they're, bar, in his, yeah. they're in his they're in his apartment with all the stuff that he's collected, and uh, I just thought that was so clever. I love when they you know they, sh they they're showing what you know Jesse and the prospector are showing, and Bullseye of course are showing Woody 
the uh, Woody's Roundup show with the, the marionette show. And I just thought that was the coolest thing, how they did that, how they did the computer animation on that, where they're making it look like an old TV show with marionettes. And I just thought, this is, the, this is so cool. You know, yeah. like just the, the artistry of it. It's so impressive to me. Yeah. So is that your favorite scene from the movie? No, actually. Uh, but honestly, I mean, I say this tongue-in-cheek, Rachel. The whole movie is my favorite scene because I adore it. But yeah. actually, I I had I had you know to choose one, and really it's the it's the climactic chase in Act Three. Oh, when, okay. When when Buzz and uh, Buzz and and team are driving the Pizza Planet pickup truck, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and they drive to the airport, and then they have on that big that big uh, chase scene yeah. at the airport. I I just I'm wowed by the animation. Wow, by the storytelling that scene, yeah, can't blow, blows my mind. That whole luggage sorting area, um, again, almost kind of like your precursor of what we're going to get in in uh, Monsters Inc. Um, yeah, you know that type of the, the way they do the, the animation. But I just thought that scene was so exciting and so well crafted, and you're just pulling, you know, there's and it's and so so impossible. Uh, but yet, so I mean, it's ultimately, so satisfying. Like, I, you think that everything's going to come together, and then Jesse gets put on the airplane, and then I just remember thinking, "How in yeah. the world are they going to get her out of there?" And I mean, I know that's the intent, and so it's just yeah. picture perfect. I love it. Yeah, and one of the things that Pixar has always tried to do is to tell a different story. We talked about this in the Monsters University podcast, but they try to tell a different story different genre of story in every sequel and not just a just repeat the same story over and over again and uh, in this it's really an adventure the first is kind of a buddy movie the second is an adventure and you get you get those scenes of uh, him swinging on his pull string and and landing on the horse and and of course you also have sort of the existential moments where he's trying to decide like how does he want to be remembered how does he want to live his life which is which yeah yeah isn't that existential stuff so interesting Rachel because Mm -hmm. that's what I think really I feel sets this movie apart from being just kind of like a standard sequel because it really raises some interesting questions not only about just human life but also for just for the I mean for these characters you know they have to decide is you know is the love of a child for a finite, from you know, for, for a finite period of time, a better choice than going off and living in immortality but not having any kind of emotion mm-hmm. or any kind of, you know, interaction? Yeah, because it's an interesting question. Like, does he want to be provide joy to potentially? you know, hundreds of thousands of people, depending on this museum yeah. uh, for just a brief period of time, or does he really want to be played with? Like it's a, it's an, it's like neither one is necessarily bad, Yeah. but you know, it's just his, he has to decide what he wants for his life. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so I think that's really good. And that kind of brings me to my favorite moment uh, is when somebody loves you. That song. Uh, oh my gosh. Devastating. It's totally, devastating i mean if you don't it's cry so good oh <laughs> poor jesse oh my stars that scene is so beautifully crafted yeah yeah it's so good and there's also 
so much humor in this movie more than in the first i think uh there's uh, i mean barbie is so great i love barbie the uh, barbie <laughs> is so great and that just that whole sequence of you know buzz and ham and everybody you know slinky yeah. and rex go you know leaving andy's room and venturing to the toy you know to al's toy barn <laughs> just even that scene when they're crossing the street you know they're under the they're under the pylons yeah and then just yeah when they get into the toy barn itself mm-hmm. that is just just pure delight yeah so i mean i i i've always enjoyed uh enjoyed you know barbie and barbie movies and stuff like that and i just love her in this and she's like uh can i stop smiling now can i stop smiling now? are we done that, that thing of the end credits <laughs> yeah, is so yeah. funny. <laughs> well and it's fun because it's jody benson oh right? that's right i forgot about that you're right jody yeah. Benson's the voice yeah. of barbie in these toy story right. movies and that's she funny. aces it you know yeah, she's she so funny of course she's amazing. yeah because she's amazing <laughs> we love jody benson and i remember when i first heard the 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 i am your the zerg i'm your father line oh i gosh. was in stitches and i feel like star wars is parodied so much it wouldn't be quite as funny now as it was then but i mean you had good space balls and stuff but at the time that was hilarious to me i was dying laughing i'm gonna go spend time with my dad (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're playing catch with the (laughs) nerve that's so funny yeah because again yeah when zerg emerges from al's toy barn that is just the best it's so yeah that whole thing is, is just brilliant (laughs) <laughs> so I love they, that too. Uh, they did an amazing job and it sounds like it was a very difficult experience for them but they they made a great movie they so made an incredible movie yeah they did mm-hmm. it, I, I have to just even though i know we're not necessarily to this point but i i agree with you what you're saying about the ranking um even though i'm you know just gushing over toy story 2 because i i just think it's practically perfect in every way yeah if anybody asks me or if i or if i have to put it on the list i always choose i always choose the original toy story yeah you know just because it just again the other two wouldn't be what they are without the first mm-hmm. one the first one's perfect yeah. basically and and uh I, and I feel like most was, people don't agree with that but i'm glad that you <laughs> You're on, you're on my yeah. team with that one. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about Toy Story Three. It's, it's just interesting to hear about the the difference of the production uh, between Toy Story Two and Toy Story Three. Yeah, because he says here that uh, that um, let's see. Then somebody said that the one thing that that snapped everything into focus. We've talked so much over the years in so many different ways about andy growing up and growing out of his toys so what if we just leapt right into that idea directly how would the toys feel if andy left for college while no one knew exactly how they'd answer that question everyone present knew that we'd landed on the idea the line of tension that line of tension Mm -hmm. that would animate toy story 3 from that moment on 
The film seemed to fall right into place. Andrew Stanton wrote a treatment. Michael Arndt wrote a script. Leon Crick and Darla Anderson, the director and producer, rocked the production, and we hit our deadlines. Even the brain trust found relatively little to argue with. I don't want to overstate this. This, The project had its problems, but since our founding, we'd been striving for a production as smooth as this. At one point, Steve Jobs called me to check in on our progress. It's really strange, I told him. We haven't had a single big problem on this film. And he <laughs> said, many people would be happy with this news, not Steve. Watch out, he said. That's yeah. a dangerous place to be. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was really interesting. <laughs> interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to 1999. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it was a complete meltdown. And then, yeah, they have to pull themselves <laughs> and- to see. Yeah, and I mean, especially because he says, uh, I wasn't being glib. Over the next two years, we were about to rock, rack up a string of costly misfires to those cars, too. And Monster University were solved by replacing the film's original directors. Another film we spent three years developing proved so confounding that we shut it down altogether. That's that Newt film, right? Newt. Yeah, I believe that was Newt. Yeah. Uh, so I, I thought that was, that was interesting. And so, yeah, they... It, it, it was a really interesting take. So they decide to make it this prison escape. It's a prison escape movie. Yeah. Go for, I mean, and again, you just wouldn't, you wouldn't think, oh, you know, the Toy Story characters in a prison break movie, but they, they uh, made it work. Yeah. And the only thing that gives me pause about this movie sometimes is that I think it was actually made for adults more than children <laughs> i think it was made for the adults who'd grown up with the first movie and yeah. were you know by 2010 were adults you know by then and because my nieces uh, my sister's three kids none of them like it it's too intense for them maybe now that they're a little older they might appreciate it more but definitely yeah. at the time it came out it was too intense oh, for them that. they didn't enjoy it yeah, it's scary. Mm-hmm. It's really scary. Particularly, and, you know, that that scene at the in the incinerator. Yeah. And I remember you know, talking I mean, to my sister about it and she was like, What is going what is you know, what is happening here? That uh that it was pretty shocking. And uh so I don't know, it, it's it kinda makes you ask the question, because I really like it. And does that hurt the film at all because it's not appealing to, to children as much? Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I mean, these are just three children. It's not all children, but I don't know. Right, but still, though, I mean, I remember thinking that too. That that's that's pretty. That's really that's a super intense sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Again, with with a very you know happy and kind of miraculous ending, mm-hmm. but still though, like yikes, mm-hmm. you know. Are they really going to kill off all the toys? <laughs> you can't yeah. do that. <laughs> and <laughs> creepy lots of hugging bear, you know, mm-hmm. selfishly gets away, um, yeah. gets away with it. But um, uh, yeah, I, I can't. I can't say I necessarily have have a have a complaint with it. I think this rewatch was interesting because again, I I love the movie. I give it five stars. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the prison, I mean, and I think it's, it's entertaining. It's entertaining. Really, I feel like it was made for that final sequence um, 
which is my which is my favorite sequence, which is the, I'm referring to it as the ball fest when Andy gives the yeah. toys to Bonnie. Um, that to me is the movie. I mean, the other part I know that I mean the majority of the film is this prison break movie, but um, and again, it's the characters deciding, you know, it's the toys deciding what they want to do with their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, which is still a you know pretty interesting concept, but really for me that's you know the, it's almost like the reason the film exists is just to have that heartbreak. You know, I mean, it's a combination of heartbreaking and joyous scene mm-hmm. at the you know at the end at the end of the film. That's what, yeah, that's my favorite yeah. scene. So here's what I I said in my review about this. I said uh, in this film we are. 11 years after the events of Toy Story 2, and just as you might expect, Andy has grown up and is off to college. In the opening scenes, they lay out two key themes for the rest of the movie. One, Andy's toys are family, and while they've lost some, they stick together as best as they can. And two, that Andy will play with them one more time. And that seems like an impossibility because Andy wants to take Woody to college with him. The rest are accidentally sent to the daycare. Uh, And you just like, how could those two things come true? But they both come true. And so I think that that's what keeps it from feeling too mean spirited. I think despite some very grim things happening is because there's always the sense of family. There's always the sense of love for each other and that they will somehow get played with. Andy, And uh, and that helps a lot. I think I agree. Cause even in that incinerator scene, again, that scene, I mean, you know, clearly I saw it as an adult. It didn't, overly scare me <laughs> but, but it was more but like wow this what's gonna happen you know what i mean i guess like this could more it's like suspense like what's gonna how are they gonna get out of this, this yeah so but i like that yeah i agree with you with that family comment because what do they end up doing they end up holding each other's hands you know yeah. as and and they're they're gonna go down together um yeah yeah and i didn't i don't think in any of the other ones there was really that sense of family and i no. think there's yeah, friendship. There was yeah, know, and like kind of running the camaraderie. Business. Yeah, there are Andy's toys and yeah. But maybe being in that in that bin all that time kind of made them made them into a family. And uh, they, I, I think that they it's what keeps the movie kind of hopeful and keeps uh-huh. you invested in the story. And yeah, when they are being incinerated when they hold hands it's actually it is a very tense moment but in the same breath it's actually a really hopeful it is beautiful it's a beautiful moment yeah Mm -hmm. and so i think that's what makes it work so well and uh i don't know what what would be one of your favorite uh scenes of this movie so um again the the, you know that ball fest final so the final scene is, is my favorite but yeah. there's a lot of comedic bits <laughs> which are funny i was reminded you know michael keaton playing ken again doll yeah it's so it's funny so funny <laughs> and and how you know barbie gets him to do that fashion show and yeah. then and then kind of manipulates him so, like, <laughs> so they can well, you know turn buzz back and, yeah. you know, into himself um so funny and so it's, it's Again, great performance by Michael Keaton, and then yeah. also just hilarious animation. I mean, it's just—I thought it was—I thought it was hilarious that they brought 
the you know, Ken doll into it. Um, I think uh, so that that's, you know, that's yeah. probably maybe be a, a second. Yeah, yeah. And Spanish buzz is hilarious. Oh, <laughs> Spanish buzz is so fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I also, I love uh, Bonnie's toys and I mean, they're really great where did you study at you know that's that's funny <laughs> like, yeah yeah and i think an interesting thing is i feel kind of like lazzo's story is jesse's story but unredeemable it's like yes. the bitter side it's of the jesse's story side right where whereas yeah jesse is sad and withdrawn lazzo goes bad you know what i mean or goes you know it goes south so south for him and and uh poor big baby you know <laughs> yeah in fact they had an interesting thing in here about big baby uh, michael said i had woody giving this big heroic speech about what a mean guy lotso was and it changed everyone's mind about lotso but in the brain trust andrew said nope i don't buy it these toys aren't stupid they know lotso isn't a good guy they've only aligned themselves with him because he's the most powerful this sparked a pitch discussion in the room until finally michael hit on an analogy he says if you think of lotso as stalin and the other toys as cowering subjects then big baby the bald-headed doll with one droopy eye who acts as lotso's enforcer was Stalin's army. At that point, a fix began to emerge at last. If you flip the army, then you get rid of Stalin, Michael said. So the question was, what can Woody do that will turn Big Baby's sympathies against Lotso? That was the problem I had faced, the solution, a reveal of a previously unknown injustice that Lotso's duplicity had led Big Baby to be abandoned by his little girl owner was all that was all michael's but he never would have found it if not for the brain trust so i thought that was really interesting yeah isn't that interesting a really cool example of how that pixar brain trust works you know and and uh how they solve these story problems you know it's really really cool yeah because i never really thought about the power of that scene with big yes. baby and then i when i was watching i was like that's really true like it's it, really true like you the fact that he is still like that and still just so awful uh there he becomes unredeemable yeah lotso yeah There's, absolutely he's completely yeah. lost <laughs> and it's he gets a very satisfying ending mm-hmm. yeah I, I, I love i love what happens to lotso <laughs> getting yeah side to the front of the truck you know it's like yep mm-hmm. that's w- yeah. well deserved <laughs> for yeah sure. kind of like in a way what happens to the prospector you know in toy story 2 <laughs> he gets right. put in, in that little child's bag who who's an artist is whatever barbie right. says <laughs> <laughs> yeah you'll love michelle she's yeah, an artist she's an or whatever artist. <laughs> or julie or something like that yeah and that's so funny and so funny. yeah i i mean i think the final closing scenes are most people's favorites of the movie as you said the just as I mean, some people i've heard some people say 
oh, they don't buy that a night, you know, a new seventy-year-old kid going off to college would really play with his toys like that. But I don't agree. I think, especially in two thousand ten, by gotten to that point, I mean, every kid packed every probably had toys at college you know <laughs> these yeah. days i mean everybody has funko pops and everybody has you know whatever it might be right. and so it doesn't seem like a stretch at all yeah, if anything it's, it's nice. only gotten more we have you know men and women that are into my little pony you know whatever it might be yeah. and, the, and the, the, i think it's it's cool i think it's fun i like it but I, yeah it wasn't a uh, i don't think it was a stretch either i know I, I mean because Again, from what we know about Andy, too. I mean, clearly, he's a he, sentimental kid. He's sentimental, and he wasn't. He wasn't. He didn't want to get rid of the toys, mm-hmm. you know. And and uh, and clearly, it just also just makes for just a much more emotionally satisfying mm-hmm. for for Andy get to play with the toys one more time, and then for the toys, of course, to be, you know, to have that last experience with him. Yeah. Yeah. And and when Bonnie just waves. Uh, for waves to him and then waves you see woody and buzz waving it's pretty pretty great it is really really emotionally satisfying and i know so many people talk about oh it's this perfect conclusion to this trilogy and Mm -hmm. um and i you know i would concur i mean it was it was it really wrapped up that story nicely i wonder if toy story was truly designed as a trilogy. Maybe this is mm-hmm. a bit of a, a side, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a side discussion, which we don't necessarily need to have. I never really viewed them as like having this master plan that Toy Story was going to be a trilogy. Mm-hmm. It always seemed to be given, just given the spacing of the films too. It was just like more. They're just pitching ideas in the you know in the brain mm-hmm. trust for the story room or whatever, and somebody had a solid enough idea that was going to you know. To, to bring well, back the Toy Story characters. I mean, that is what they have always said. It took. That's what they said. That they only do. Yeah. They only do a sequel if they have a story. And what I guess made me nervous for a little bit with Toy Story Four, uh, because I, I thought started to doubt. Did they really have a story? Because I, it it just seemed like there was some ch- some changes were unavoidable. But then other changes, I just like, oh, do they have a story? You hear about rewrites, you hear about, you know, people leaving the set, you know, the, the project because they're yeah. so frustrated by, you know, circumstances, but also the story, the writing, the other things. And yeah. you started to wonder. And, you know, you have John Lester leaving, obviously, for reasons, uh, the project. And then you have the new director. And, you know, it, it made me a little nervous that. Yeah, yeah me too. Uh, and I'm thinking, why do we need this? And again, not so much that, oh, the Toy Story just was meant to be a trilogy. You know, I don't come from that mindset. But yeah, but I'm ner- nervous. Like, uh, what are you doing? Like, do we do we really do we need another film? You know, uh, do we need another? Do we need another yeah. Toy Story? Film? And then the first trailer came out, and I was like, I don't know about Forky. I don't know that there's a there's a twitter account for forky and he's hilarious so that was funny but because uh-huh. <laughs> i because yeah. i put out i don't know about forky and then the forky account was like well, we don't know about you and it was <laughs> I that was so funny but um <laughs> but i just have to have some degree of confidence because 
every single person who I have read or that I know who's seen at least the first 17 minutes or the whole film now, they just started to come out with yeah. drinks. Everybody said not only that it's good, but that it is great. Yeah. And they're crying and, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. I have actually read the novelization now. And so I know the base plot. Also, you know the base comes on the plot, Rachel. Because yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a terrible person, but no, I, I not did. Not terrible at all. Good for you. I mean, you know. I haven't, yeah. I do. I'm steered but, clear of stuff. <laughs> because, I, well, I don't know. I, from my perspective, there's tons of stories that I know the story. Like, I know all the Harry Potter books. I went to those movies. And sure. Them for the most part. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I go to see Jane Eyre. I love that. I love yeah. the Christmas Carol. I know what's going to happen. <laughs> so I, I'm weird that way. But anyway, because I wanted That's to review fair. it for my channel. And I didn't cry a whole lot, I have to say. But I think it's, it's going to be really good. And I'm really excited about it. And there's definitely a nice heart to the story. And so I, yeah, I'm very, very pumped and I hope it'll be great. And uh, so, yeah, they've never, I mean, every single one of their Toy Story movies has been spectacular as far as I'm concerned. So I, they have my trust. Yeah. <laughs> they have my trust. They, you know, and, and same here. Cause I, I can't say, I mean, I haven't hated the marketing, but I mean, it also has been kind of spotty maybe. Yeah. I think um, that's fair. But uh, still, I, I'm with you. I'm just thinking, you know, the, the, the last thing that they're going to want to do is screw up a Toy Story movie. They're not going to want to do that. They're yeah. going to want to do something good. And, I, you know, I, 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 I believe that. So I'm, 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 I'm really excited. And, I, I, and, and just to see... It's really a film I feel like too, you know, with Lasser's departure and everything. This, this to me feels like Pixar's next step into something into into their new territory after changing of the guard. Do you think this yeah. would be the last one that he's producer on? I would think so. Yeah. At least that he gets a credit on. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm thinking that I wouldn't be surprised if he also if Lasser also gets a, a an executive producer credit on Frozen Two. Oh right, but, right, right. But but, but um. But at Pixar, I, I would think so, Rachel, but I don't know. I mean, because again, you know, these movies take so, so many years yeah. to be made and, and just how that whole thing works and contractual obligations and different things. Yeah, the producer's guild and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it'll be interesting to see. And we'll maybe we'll have to get together and, and do a podcast after yeah. Toy Story 4. But yeah, these are great movies. I love them all. And, uh, you know, I love Pixar. And uh, this was Toy Story three nominated for best picture, not just best animated. That's right, it got it got a so. best picture nomination and and oh you know and well deserved. I mean it's really yeah. it's really great film. One thing just because I had touched on it, Rachel, before you know as we were talking about um, one of the earlier films, but you compare it, you get you can and it was it's really clear to me because you know we watched I know the the the, the, the three both yeah. watched the three pretty close together. You look at look at the how the animation has evolved, how the you know the, yeah. the computer animation has evolved since the first story. story you know, from 1995 to 2010, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, <coughs> don't you think? Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah just, no just doubt about it. level level of detail and textures and every you know everything is it's 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 amazing what they 
you know how they've how they've advanced this art form and i think pixar still their their animation just reigns supreme yeah and it really dared to push our expectations beyond what we thought was possible and uh it's just it's just a beautiful lovely uh little movie and uh, yeah i love the clarity of the greens yes in that orange just how in the in the incinerator how orange it is i know yeah <laughs> <coughs> excuse me yeah it's really 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 well done and then just even that scene that final you know the ball fest scene at the end mm-hmm. in in uh bonnie's yard mm-hmm. just again yeah. i mean you know i mentioned the greens but just everything it looks it's it's so lifelike yet so uh almost kind of a surreal moment too you know but again done with 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 incredible animation and 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 lighting and and, you know everything else that they that they do yeah the ending kind of reminds me of the ending of the many adventures of winnie the pooh when christopher Uh says to to winnie says promise you always remember me and I, you know, and he says, for how, how long? <laughs> and, you know, that whole scene always gets me. Oh, yeah. Uh, when absolutely. I watch <laughs> Yeah, because I'm with you. I, that, that's an emotional scene for me. And I was wondering how I was going to do in this one again. Because <laughs> I just watched it home. But I'm mm-hmm. 100%. I always cry in that final scene. <laughs> I, I, I cry every time. Yeah. So, well, this has been really fun. I really enjoyed talking about these movies. So thank you on Twitter. Make sure you guys are following me on Twitter because I posted a poll of whether you just wanted us to go deep in depth into Toy Story, uh, the first Toy Story, uh, or to uh, go and talk about all three. And you voted for all three. So I've changed my Twitter handle (laughs) uh, to Rachel underscore reviews. Uh, so make sure you are following me on there because uh, I, you know, I try to involve my listeners as much as possible. So check that out. And Stanford, where can well, people find you? Uh, people can find me on Twitter at Stanford Clark. And I also have a movie blog and podcast at moviespastandpresent.com. That's awesome. You guys should totally check that out. It's really, really good. And yeah, you can follow me, Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media and on iTunes and YouTube and on Rotten Tomatoes. Make sure to check that out. It's a lot of fun. And uh, it makes sh- if you're interested, become a patron of the channel for just $2 a month. You can support what we're doing here, get some uh, perks. And for $5 a month, you can be part of our secret Facebook group where we talk about all different kinds of stuff. And so it's really fun. And uh, so check that out. We also have merch store where you can get a smile, smile worthy shirt. Smile worthy. <laughs> you can enjoy that. So thanks again, Samford. This was really great. And uh, we should have uh, this month, we'll have three podcasts from us uh, this month. Yeah, so pretty fun. <laughs> really fun. Well, thank you as always, Rachel. Great, great to be on the podcast. Yeah. And let us, let us know what you think of all three movies. How would you rank them? in uh, in there uh let us know and uh, these all three made my top 50 animated films of all time list that i did in like 2015 so they're great but anyway thanks again and we will yeah we'll talk again uh uh very soon great thanks (laughs) bye-bye